This is episode two of the Icon Smart podcast. Hi guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start, I just want to acknowledge that our goal at the Institute of Construction Material is to help industry and academic partners however we can by giving you high quality information in the form of journal publication, online courses, and most recently via the means of this podcast. We bring you the latest updates about the current construction projects across Australia. It is solely for educational purposes and we hope that by the end of each episode, you take away a handful of interesting insights for your next move. My name is Farid, your host for today. Welcome to the podcast and without further ado, let's jump into our this week's topic. Hey guys, hope you've enjoyed the New Year holidays to the best possible. Today we want to talk about one of the long established construction material companies in Australia. James Hardy is a global building material company and the largest global manufacturer of fiber cement products. Headquartered in Ireland, it is listed in two of the major stock exchanges in Australia and the US with a $17.7 billion market cap. It was first established in Australia in 1888. Um, in the beginning years, it had become famous for manufacturing and distributing building products containing asbestos. Around 1918, as um, it's been proved that asbestos caused severe um, human diseases, James Hardy had adopted a new asbestos-free fiber cement that contains wood fibers instead. But why it is important to know about James Hardy? Well, it is necessarily important almost for everyone in the building sector to know the major suppliers and their products in the market um, as it most probably influences your daily operation. Knowing materials specification and the installation process is definitely something that you need to consider before start um, the building process. Uh, There are eight product categories that James already listed on their website, external cladding and second range, which are essentially the same product for different applications. I don't know why they categorize that into different classifications, but anyways, that's what they have listed. Um, Interior linings, wall systems, floors, commercials, and accessories and medium densities are the other categories of products listed um, by James Hardy on the website. They put so much focus in design of their wall systems, especially in terms of fire resistance and acoustic performance. Uh, one of the interesting things that I found um, in their business model is that they do get into contract with local builders across Australian states for building contracts. Um, James Hardy commissions low-rise buildings for construction and they keep it simple yet efficient. So that's one of the key value propositions, Um, keeping things simple 
uh, yet at the same time um, making things efficient to work with. Almost for any products you find from um, James Hardy, there is a user manual that makes the building um, super easy. Yet one of the major critics to their operation is that as a builder, uh, you cannot find a clear environmental statement from James Hardy. And it is really odd from a billion dollar global company like this um, not to publicly disclose a climate change target. Well, they, they do uh, report really some brief uh, statements about their environmental performance. Uh, and it's, it's not something easy to find um, in the first glance if you are a builder and have no time to like explore um, their database. Uh, I think as a green ratings uh, become more and more popular, especially in the recent years, a good practice for James Hardy is to classify their products into environmental and like less environmental, so that the end user builders would have an estimate about their overall environmental performance. Um, in their recent 2020 media release by James Hardy, uh, there are traces of environmental appreciation like energy saving, waste management, recycling, climate change um, that are really, really shallow in depth. Um, like for a report that was 27 pages long, there are only two pages dedicated for environmental um, targets by James Hardy. And if you think about it, it can be one of their weaknesses, quite frankly, because let's just remember that Australia in 2015 um, had legislated carbon tax to impose a levy on businesses with high emission rates. Although it is not in effect at the moment, um, it was like dismantled and dysregulated by the next government. But at the same time, um, climate change issues become more important than ever in a global scale. Like for example, Green Building Council of Australia is now ranking the buildings across Australia based on their level of environmental friendliness. And their database is truly one of the best ways that city councils can use to either reward or penalize the builders upon issuing approvals, which leads to longer workflows. But since James Hardy states its support for employability, then what is the better way to create jobs? I mean, it's definitely going to add some more extra steps um, upon approval by the city states, and it definitely requires a collaboration between um, this large manufacturer of building materials, that is James Hardy, and the city councils that they are working with. Um, yet one of the issues that can remain is that, like, since it's a public company, and city councils are, are some of the governmental companies, like not, not a company, like governmental entities, um, it's going to be a challenging thing to create that collaboration pathway between a public entity and a governmental organization, um, which usually causes some extra taxation in most of the cases um, levied on the co public company that can be that can have a negative effect on their share price, but at the same time it can create jobs and 
Like it, there must be a balance between um, the level of employability that James Hardy is about to create and the tax taxation methods that are probably going to be imposed on them by uh, the government. So the question is, uh, how can this collaboration between government and public companies like James Hardy become a reality? First of all, we must know that the corporate tax rate in Australia is something between 27.5% and 30% according to the ATO. Yet the employers like James Hardy are entitled to tax deduction for paying salaries and wages as an operating expense. Uh, the debatable topic will be that profit-driven companies have priorities such as higher dividend payments to their shareholders uh, just to keep them satisfied. So if there is a proposal to start a new product line for environmental materials, it must be financially making sense for the top managers to adopt the procedure. But how can it be financially viable to employ environmental experts meanwhile maximizing the profit as employment is still being regarded as an expense? If you have an idea, please do share your thoughts with us through our channels. Regardless of the expenses caused by employing new staff, um, starting a new environmental product line creates an independent additional income stream. Builders are already encouraged by the government to use environmental products, so incentives are already there. Um, another possible way to maximize the profit, as is it's um, the first priority of the public companies like James Hardy, is that through recycling and reuse of materials, there's going to be a huge amount of savings accumulated by, by not acquiring new raw materials something that is reported by James Hardy's branch in Philippines. Uh, now imagine how much it can save in Australia where its headquarters is located. One another question that remains and I hope that we will be able to answer with your help is that how builders as the end user of the manufacturing building products are financially encouraged to use these environmental products. The first thing that comes in mind is that through the right pricing strategy, builders can be encouraged, like pricing the environmental products lower than the non-environmental ones, which itself can cause an internal competition between the line managers of the environmental and non-environmental products um, without a proper accounting and distribution of wealth in a fair manner. Um, what are the other possible ways to encourage builders to use more of the environmental products? Please do share your thoughts with us. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Our mission at the Institute is to help you gain an insight about the construction industry today that enables you to either start or grow your business. There are plenty of useful information on our website www.iconsmart.com.au that you can get benefit of. Thank you for listening. Until next week, take care and enjoy the life.